The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Abu Dhabi where the UFC is. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, UFC, politics, film, TV, President Trump, you name it. We talk about it. It's no holds barred radio, folks. And right now, I'm on the other side of the world. I'm in a beautiful location at the beautiful W Hotel and beautiful Yaz Island, or shall we say Fight Island. And we're getting ready for big UFC 253. And I am pumped. This is one hell of a trip we've been having. And we've got a couple more days to go with a lot of excitement. I'm here with my producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you and where are you? We are making a little bit of history here in the 460 plus episode of It's Time. This is the first time that you and I have ever been in different locations. Um, you're obviously on Fight Island. I am here in Biloxi, Mississippi, right off the uh, Gulf of Mexico, getting ready for Icon Fighting Federation, which is uh, live tonight on Fight Pass. And uh, it's the first time we've ever not had one of us in our home studios. I know, I know. You're in your hotel room. I'm in my hotel room. If I open up these drapes behind me, TJ, because yeah. people understand right now it is 10 o'clock. Um, at night. At night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. I usually, I, I wake up, I go to bed around um, 1. I get up around 10. Mm-hmm. I actually thought the show was an hour later. You called me 15 minutes ago. I jumped in the shower, shaved got on my UFC green, and I'm ready to rock and roll. But if I open these drapes behind me, it's completely dark. Right, um, yeah. You know, you know what's funny, Bruce? I had a similar experience to you. I woke up this morning freaking out that I missed our showtime because the, the walls in my hotel, for whatever reason, are very thin. There was a right. guy playing the UFC video game in the next room over, and I heard you. And it made me wake up in a panic. I'm not even kidding you. I was like, oh, my God, did I miss the show? Uh, turns out someone was just playing video games. <laughs> no worries. As a matter of fact, I'll show you how screwed up it is. Um, we had a, a guest on the show uh, named The Schmo, which is a popular interviewer. And I admire the way he's grown from, like, ground level. Now he's backstage at UFC shows. He's on Media Row beside John Morgan from uh, MMA Junkie. And he's worked his way up. He was going to come on the show. And... I'm texting him saying, wait, it's a mix-up. I can't do my interview with you, and I need you now on the show if you still want to be on. And now they just text me, hey, Dana called us in for a meeting. Is it possible we can do the show with you at 11? So it worked out perfect. We'll do our show without the schmo. Did that rhyme? We'll do our show without the schmo, kind of. <laughs> Yo. And I, if you'll give me a second, let me just text him and say that I will be able to do their show after our show. While you do that, let me tell everyone that uh, we coordinated last night, and from the voices in the background, it sounded like you were working with your technical producer, Zach Candido and John Anik, about trying to figure out what time we were supposed to meet, because you're trying to do math. And, and what's even harder, Bruce, is I'm two hours ahead of Pacific time, so I'm on the central time zone, mm-hmm. trying to convert to the Pacific time, so we can convert to your time 
I don't, we're here. We made it, thankfully. I don't know how we did it. It's like algebra. It, 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 well, it's like uh, algebra, like calculus, because uh, I was downstairs with the producer and everybody telling certain things. I go, guys, I'm so upside down on time. And yeah. when I was in the room with Anik and my producer, Zach, and um, Paul Felder was with us, we were watching the Celtics game and we opened up to taste the bottle of Puncher's Chance, which I have to go get in a second. Um, we all were coming up with different times. You know, this right. is just a natural thing when you travel like this. I consider myself a fairly intelligent human being and I know I'm really good at math because obviously, you know, poker and everything else, but sure. Time is different though. Time is different. It's like in, in regular numbers, you know, it's, uh, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, but in math it's, you know, 59 and then you go back to zero or in, in time it's 59 and you go back to zero. I remember, this is a ridiculous sort of off topic story, but I remember when I was a kid, first time I ever had money, Bruce, I went to the Keep record store. I'll be right back. Keep telling. Keep telling. Okay. I'll talk to everybody. Uh, first time I went to the record store, I bought a CD. I shouldn't say record because that dates me a little bit more than I need to be dated, but uh, something was $11 and 59 cents and I gave them $12. And I said, keep the penny. And really, I was, I was owed 41 cents. But what are you going to do? Oh, boy. You know what? Memories create future. And that's where we're at here. Do um, memories create future? Maybe they inform the future. I hope. Uh, you know what? Sometimes if we learn they, from our mistakes. Exactly. You know, like I always say, the first time you do something wrong, it's an experience. The second time you right. do it, it's okay. Yeah, so it's like I, fool me, that old uh, saying, fool me once, you know, shame on you. Me twice, shame on me. Exactly. So let's get down to business. We're here on Fight Island. Um, we've been having a great time. I will tell you though, when I was in the room, this is I, I posted a thing of Paul Felder tasting Puncher's Chance. Um, today I'll post something about Anik and his take because I want total honesty from everybody. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This bottle of Puncher's Chance that I brought here, there was one, two, three, four. There were five of us watching the Celtic game. And uh, of course, we've all been tested multiple times, and we're still distancing. But you know, we we we're still safe. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> if I can get, it's gone. Oh, look at that. Good. Oh. That's good. That's a good sign. They loved it. They loved it. But you know what? This what's really cool, TJ, is that we finished it, and this is what I hear. That bottle is so beautiful. It's a collector's item. I can't even throw it away. I'm keeping it right here. That's it. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. I'm happy that uh, came to fruition. You've been talking about this for a very long time and you couldn't talk about it on the air. And now it feels like it's, it's all come together so quickly, but I know it's been a long journey. Well, it has. And one of the things that uh, my distributor told me just recently, if I can tell you this, give me a second. The sales of Puncher's Chance are so strong that um, it says here, they just sent me a note. We have shipped more Puncher's Chance in eight weeks in eight states than any craft distiller has ever shipped in their first year already. Wow, that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm so excited. And um, that is from my distributor who did the marketing for Campari and Sammy Hagar's Cabo Wabo Tequila and another mm. product out there might know, very popular, called Skinny Girl. They did all the marketing for all these products. I'm, I'm just so excited. Anyway, I'm, I don't want to talk about myself too much or... But hey, that's about. something to talk about, Buff. That's great. It's really great. So with that being said, and Puncher's Chance making everybody happy, let's talk about what else is going to make everybody happy, which is UFC 253. Let me turn off the light. You're beautiful, Bruce. You don't have to turn off the light. What are you doing? You're fine. Okay. 
Beautiful. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> um, 253. TJ, I said it before last week and maybe the week before. I'm so excited for the show. So yeah, it's a good show. It's a great show. It's, it's, it feels like it's a long time coming as well. Um, that, that's the only sort of concern I have for this fight is, are we getting the best Paulo Costa? Because he has been away from the octagon for so long. And do you really want to come back and fight someone the level of Israel Adesanya that quickly? But as we know, Bruce, there are no tune-up fights really in the UFC. So uh, if you're given the opportunity to fight for a title, you got to take advantage of it and, and strike when the iron's hot. But um, Izzy's a tough guy for Paulo to come back and fight, but he's undefeated for a reason. So we, we've got a good one on our hands coming up on Saturday. Yeah, we do. And you know, we've got uh, two strikers, Izzy being the Muay Thai fighter that he is, Paulo being the striker, you know, sometimes taking a punch to give a punch that he is. But we have a black belt in jiu-jitsu in Paulo Acosta against a blue belt in Israel Adesanya. And yesterday at the press conference, there was a little back and forth there. I know it was publicized how they ran into each other in the hotel. And Adesanya said, boy, you're skinny. And they were nice. And, and Paulo was such a gentleman. Um, yeah. So at the press conference, then Israel turned on his, his smack talk again and how, you know, grappling, you'll wear yourself out and this and all. So he's trying to get under his skin. Paulo never tries to get under anybody's skin. But when Paulo walks in that octagon, it's like I used to say about George Foreman, one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. But man, when that bell rings, the shark eyes go over, time to go yeah. to battle. I uh, think the layoff may have an effect to a certain extent. But I think, as I always say, you never know who you are till you get punched in the face. But every right. time I much less anybody else no matter how you feel once you take that first punch once you deliver that first punch it's on it's on. yeah no it's back to back to business i i don't worry too much about that you know one thing uh that has been made about the blue belt versus a black belt for some perspective uh there was a gentleman named kevin burns uh he was a blue belt and he submitted Juan carnero with a triangle choke who was a black belt and that happened in the UFC. So uh, it's not unheard of that a blue belt can't submit a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Just saying. Well, I also come from the school that anybody can win on any given day. Any the, the octagon is the great equalizer, is it not? Exactly. It's the greatest proving ground for fighters in the world. And it's the greatest uh, equaling ground that there is, as you put it, if I said that correctly. And, you know, we're going to find that out with Israel and Paulo Costa. Let me ask you, because I never make predictions. I'm about made the best man win. You can make a prediction. Give me, give me your analysis. Uh, I don't know. I, it's very hard. Like, I don't want to dodge the question. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll make a pick. Uh, I'll, I'll say Adesanya. I'll say Adesanya. But it, it's not with any conviction, Bruce. Like, I feel like this is a very even-matched uh, fight in a lot of ways. Just the, the layoff is a real X factor for me. And not – like, if, if Kose had been active in the last six months, I, I think I would side with him. But, uh, you know, this is a big – sort of odd, out of the ordinary, unusual return, you know, fighting in, you know, Gaz Island, Fight Island, no crowd, long layoff against one of the finest strikers that the middleweight division has ever seen. I'll, I'll lean towards the champion, but at the same time, Paulo Costa is flawless for a variety of reasons. And, you know, looking at his fight with Yoel Romero, a lot of guys would have wilted and he stood in front of Yoel and, and took everything he had and, and got the nod. He could very well do that against Adesanya. There's some things about Adesanya that I'm curious about. I know that he knocked out Robert Whitaker, but, you know, people yeah. have questioned uh, Adesanya's punching power and his knockout power. 
I think he has it. He hasn't really shown it against uh, a, a, the size of a middleweight that Paulo Costa is. Uh, I will I will be curious to see how hard his punches um, affect Costa. But we're going to learn a lot about both of these guys on Saturday. Well, that reminds me of another individual, um, the great Anderson Silva, okay, mm-hmm. who there's some comparisons of Israel to Anderson Silva. I just did an interview with Globo TV uh, yesterday, and uh, it was about Anderson Silva and his, his fight, which will be his last fight, as I understand, coming up, um, and the comparisons of styles. Anderson has punch-out power. Um, Adesanya can throw punches in bunches, mm-hmm. and it's all about how he connects. You know, I mean, the, obviously they can knock people out, but we know one thing for sure: Paulo Costa can knock you out with one punch. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And Adesanya is going to have to be his moving rabbit-like work, everything to, to uh, get in and get out, which he's quite capable of. Uh, let's look forward to his walkout. You know, it seems like he's always trying to top himself every time. I can't wait to see his walkout. There's Saturday not much night. of a walk, though, this time. This is going to be a little bit different than, you know, an arena like, like he had down in Australia. One thing I will say, too, th- let, me, let, let me hedge my, my bet this way with you, Bruce. I like Costa early, and I like Izzy late. Yes. I think the over-under is uh, two and a half rounds. I know the odds are – It's uh, plus money on the under. Yeah, plus 148 on Paulo. So you bet 100 you win $148. Okay, that that's the money line you're saying. No, on, no, that, on the the odds, the, the odds line. Right. We were talking two different things. I, I was talking the over under. The over under is two and a half and the under right. is plus money. So what would you take? Uh in that or like the straight the over- money line bet? Both. Uh it costs on a, on a potential um well, the over under. So the over under, I would bet. I would bet the over, um, which which would lead me to believe that Adesanya probably is the winner of this fight. But uh, I don't know. Like, I was talking to Yanni the Greek earlier this week, and he said that if you're going to bet the over under, the value bet is is the under at plus money, which I can definitely see. Um, sure. But this is honestly, Bruce, one of the greatest middleweight fights we've ever had. And oh. I don't think it's the best middleweight fight we've ever had. I still think that would belong to. Uh, the pomp and circumstance and the significance of, of the fight, I would lean towards Dane Henderson, who was a pride champion at the time, taking on Anderson Silva, who was the UFC champion at the time. Uh, but that's the only middleweight fight that trumps this. No, I agree. I agree. Um, listen, they have a chance to make history. They have a chance to be the greatest fight in the middleweight division ever, title yep. fight, whatever. We're mm-hmm. looking forward to the most anticipated fight of the year for many people, including myself and including one other person who I love dearly, which is my mom. Um, as we talked about on the show, Paulo Casa, you know, visited my mom on her birthday, went to her house. Um, his manager sent a box with uh, his T-shirt to a home. Chris is going to pick it up. My mother is looking so forward to wearing her Paulo Casa T-shirt and cheering, cheering Paulo on while she's watching the fight. So it's going to be adorable. Um, he's got a lot of fans and obviously a lot of female fans. Like I always say, Joe Rogan said, he's the finest looking male human being on the face of the earth. Damn, I hate coming in third. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> hey, you just you just gave me shit for calling you beautiful a moment ago. So I don't know what you want. You can't have it both ways, Buff. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> I got called delicious one time, and I'm like, what is that all about? Delicious. I, I wasn't quite sure where that was coming from. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. No, I, I left it alone, too. I think I left the room. It was okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So now we have the light heavyweight title belt um, yeah. on the line. 
Yeah. With Jan this is, this is a fun Jan one. It's a fun one. Uh, obviously it, it, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this first, because I think this is very close to pick and fight, but the odds are pretty sided in the favor of Dominic Reyes. I think he's a two and a half to one favorite. And I'm not saying that he can't win this fight. I definitely think he can win this fight and deserves to be the favorite. But I think how well he did against John Jones, despite losing that fight, has actually right. affected the line in this fight. I think a lot of people are looking at Dominic Reyes as the uncrowned champion in a lot of ways. And uh, while, while I think that he very well could win, it's a little bit more disrespectful than I thought to the uh, ability of Jan Blahovich. And I really believe that Dominic Reyes is, is probably going to be forced to fight Blahovich's fight more uh, than he gets his own rhythm going, at least early. He may be able to take over a little bit later in the fight, but uh, I was surprised to see him uh, as a two to two and a half to one favorite. I would go with that too, but you know, Jan moves forward with such, you know, right intent power dominic reyes moves around um he's a tough cat and people have to understand the reason this is a championship bout is because john jones gave up the light heavyweight right. title to fight at heavyweight so this is not an interim title this is no, an undisputed. This, this is for all the prize uh, cash and prizes if you will all the cash and prizes all the marbles yeah. uh we got a flyweight ballot here with brandon Raval, kai cara france always comes mm -hmm. to fight Catlin Vieira and Marianne Renew, um, uh, always going to be very strong at, at Bantamweight. And, uh, okay, here we go. I haven't worked my, my name yet. Uh, Zabara Takugov? Uh, uh, Zabara Takugov. That is probably right. the hardest name to say in roster right now, I think. Oh, I love it. The harder, the better. I love it. One and I'm sure I screwed it up. I'm sure I screwed it up. Anik probably will, will knock it out of the park. But. Oh, of course he does. He's good. I looked to Anik for some names here, too. And uh, Hakeem Dwadu. Uh, this will be a definitely excellent fight. They're just all good. And, of course, Diego Sanchez and Jake Matthews. I was surprised by that. The size differential seems so strong. Um, yeah. Jake Matthews is a 7-1 to one favorite. I mean, I understand where that line is. I would never put money on him with any sort of confidence because you don't bet against Diego Sanchez. You just don't. Um, I don't care if he's 85 and has a walker. You just don't bet against that man. His – you know, mindset is one of a champion. And while he probably won't ever hold a UFC uh, title, he's a champion in so many people's opinions. Mine, I know yours, uh, in his own as well. And uh, I would just not be comfortable at all putting any sort of money uh, against Diego Sanchez. No, and it's amazing how long he's been in the fight game. He's the first ever Ultimate Fighter, if you think about it. His fight was before Forrest and Stefan. So we're talking about rising to prominence over 15 years ago. That's crazy. I know it's crazy. But uh, listen, we're in a crazy sport. And uh, it's going to be a crazy evening. So with that being said, I'll say it as I say it every time I say it when this happens. If you're truly a UFC fan. Right. Quarantine, in stage one, whatever. I don't know what else you should be doing on Saturday night than watching UFC 253 prelims and pay-per-view. I Seriously. mean, besides going and getting that bottle of Puncher's Chance for your own yes. private UFC viewing party. Those great. besides With those two things, come on now. Besides those two things, exactly. All right, let's get into some news, TJ. Um, very excited about this. I am, for those who've been asking me on uh, social media and stuff, I am not staying in Abu Dhabi all five weeks. I am coming home on uh, Sunday. I'll get home on Monday. And then I will come back two and a half weeks later for the big Habib Nurmagomedov, Justin Gaethje fight, which Chandler's sitting in the wings. 
hoping he gets to walk into the octagon. What an what an alternate that I is. I don't. Huh? I mean, it's it's hard for me to say that I don't want something bad to happen because that's the 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 runner up prize is pretty damn sweet. But uh, I, I can't wait to see Michael Chandler whenever he does get the the go ahead to fight in the octagon. Um, and I like where they're putting him. I think he is a, a definite impact player and should be given an opportunity similar to in his proper uh, UFC debut. But uh, yeah, I mean, never have I ever thought that I would not be uh, is okay with a, with a main event replacement should it come down. But this is, this is that time. If something does happen, we've got a pretty good main event nonetheless. Exactly. And the UFC did score a coup getting Michael Chandler. I really feel I'm sure he got a very nice contract for himself and he's very motivated to fight and we will see him. It, Not Saturday it, but it goes back to that same thing, Bruce. When fighters start to think about their legacies, Michael Chandler has been one of the best lightweights in the world for a long time. But until he tests himself in the octagon, history won't reflect how good he truly is. And that's not really fair, but that's what this sport is. You leave a legacy based on what you've done. Potential is very rarely ever celebrated. And... Hardcores will say that Michael Chandler has done enough to prove that he's one of the greatest lightweights of all time. I'm in that camp, but until you walk into the octagon, you're leaving a lot of potential uh, left to be up to perception and interpretation. I'm happy he gets his opportunity to fight in the, the greatest promotion on the planet. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> let's get into some news here. Uh, I just announced the other day, but <clears throat> pardon me i just announced the other day uh that i've signed on as the international brand ambassador for a major online casino for casino games called twin.com this is not in the united states uh it's international i'm very excited about this i'll be doing promotions we're going to have promotional giveaways obviously there'll be some ufc things items in there when shows go live again it's going to be tickets it's going to be all that kind of stuff but i'm very excited about that for our international audience that loves online gaming um, I will see you at twin.com. You might wonder why I'm not signing on in the USA. And that's because in a few weeks, I'm going to have another big announcement. Um, Ooh, what a tease. Uh, what a tease. I'm going to have another really, really, really big announcement. I'm very excited about. So that tease is done. Okay. okay. I like it. I like it. On a serious note, uh, the protests for the uh, final decision and the judgment in the Breonna Taylor case, I understand mm -hmm. back home, um, we're facing it again. There's, there's protests, there's riots. Uh, Louisville police have confirmed that two officers have been shot. Uh, one is in custody. It seems that we're on fire again back home. Uh, I understand uh, you know, what's going on. And again, I just hope that these protests can remain peaceful and everybody has a right to protest. But I gotta tell you, TJ, every time, I feel like two, 2020, is not a 12-round boxing bout. It's not a five-round uh, UFC championship bout. It's the old days of boxing when people fought 60 and 70 rounds. Every time we're getting punched in the face, we somewhat recover, we move forward, and they get punched in the face, move back. This, in my lifetime, has got to go down as the roughest year ever. No doubt. Um, and I think, I think there's some, not smoke and mirrors, but there's some uh sort of misleading of that based on the technology we have now we're in a 24-hour news cycle so anything gets reported and is pushed out to our mobile phones and, and computers uh at the drop of a dime 
Um, so I feel like we're being made aware of a lot of things that uh, we probably were made aware of, you know, 20, 30 years ago, but it was on the seventh page of the newspaper rather than, you know, a fast blast to, to your phone. This is my situation with, with all of it. And I think you'll agree with me. I'm not taking a side when I say this, but I am saying that there needs to be unity somewhere. I don't know where that unity necessarily is, but our leaders need to come together and figure all of this out because the way that we're proceeding and moving forward with it, there's this great documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And it talks about how our social networks and social media basically are, are so divisive where we only see the things that we really wanna see and agree with. And we push that out to our friends and our friends feel the same way, which ultimately causes us to be more polarized one way or the other. And that's the opposite of where we need to be, Bruce. We need to be in the middle yet we keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And uh, I don't know how we overcome that, but we need to, and we need to very, very soon. And we have to, for the benefit of all of us, listen, this is the United States of America. Right. Through leadership decisions and everything else, we have become, unfortunately, looked at as the divided States of America to a yeah. certain extent for a lot of people. And it's very tragic. Um, I just hope we get back on target, uh, respect everybody, treat everybody equal. I'm all about equality. I hate prejudice. I hate racism. Um, You've said you know, this from day one, Bruce, in your wrap up, it's time to win. We all need to win and no one can win if we're not working together as a team. And then that's the truth of it. We're going through a lot of change. Another bit of change that happened too. I mean, have you ever had Uncle Ben's rice? Yep. Well, like a lot of people are dropping names from, uh, you know, the different things we've heard about. Uncle Ben's is changing their name. Mm -hmm. uh, they're taking off the symbol um, that they have, the, the gentleman, the black gentleman that's, that's on the cover of Uncle Ben's. It's no longer Uncle Ben's. They're calling it Ben's Original. With the red I mean, I, I really don't have an opinion on that. I don't know what the circumstances were behind, you know, using the identity of, of Uncle Ben. Um, I don't know. It, again, it's it's a strange time, and, and I understand the decisions that are being made in certain areas, but I've, I've not looked into this one. I don't know what the, the logic is behind it, but um, it, it, I mean, just from a pure branding standpoint, Bruce, like that is a, a big step for any company because, again, I think of two rice, two rice companies when I think of rice. I think of Uncle Ben's and Minute Rice, you know? Th oh. Those are the two brand names, and it, that's a big step for any company to step aside from the box that so many people are used to. Well, that and a couple other things that similar to this that have been changed. We already talked previously on the show that Aunt Jemima changed. Mm -hmm. They changed that box. And then cream of wheat, which has always had a black gentleman in a chef's hat holding really? the I didn't, I, I didn't even know that. I guess I can't even picture the cream of wheat box in my head. Yep. Uh, it features a black man in a chef hat. Same issue as Uncle Ben's. It looks like they're going to be changing that also. Okay. I mean, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know the, the stories behind that, but um, hopefully it's one that makes everyone happy. Well, here's one that might make you, yeah, I hope so too. Of course, of course. I want everybody to be comfortable in their, in their skin and comfortable everywhere. You know how I feel. You know how I feel. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese. You like taking your son to Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, we've been, yeah, for sure. Well, this might qualify as a kid's wildest dreams. Uh, they are destroying 7 billion Chuck E. Cheese prize tickets, right? 
That's enough paper to fill 65 shipping containers that are 40 feet long with tiny pieces of paper, right? Well, it's why enough, are they destroying it? Uh, the story reads that there is enough cash, tickets worth $9 million in Chuck E. Cheese prizes. It's another victim of the pandemic. The parent company is filing for bankruptcy, right? How, how many gazoos equal $9 million? Like that's, that's bonkers to me. It's crazy, but in their bankruptcy court, they asked the judge for permission to spend more than $2 million to purchase and destroy the tickets, which were printed before the June bankruptcy. They're, why, listen, though? If they're going out of business, why? that's weird. The, the, before the pandemic, the chain was switching over to e-tickets, like a lot of people were switching. Yeah, yeah. They want to reduce wait times if the chain's 612 locations and cut sure. overall costs. But the, the shift was accelerated due to the COVID pandemic. And the reason why is to provide more contact-free service. So you're not coming in contact with people to get the paper. That's why they're but, changing it to e-paper. Right. But aren't you saying they're going out of business? No, they're in bankruptcy, which is Doesn't that mean you're going out of business? No, it means you're in bankruptcy. But when you're in bankruptcy, uh, the court watches what you spend. They look at everything. And for them- oh, to get So the it's like re reorganizing bankruptcy. That's, okay, I get it. Yeah. When you when you need two million dollars to destroy all this, you know to do yeah. what they're doing, you got to ask permission because you can't right. go out and be money as you as you want to spend, which which is crazy. So they're spending um, two million dollars essentially to protect nine million. Well, they're spending two million to destroy protect, nine million dollars worth of stuff. Destroy nine million dollars worth of paper yeah. prizes, but they're doing it also so they can just go paperless, shall we say? Right. Why don't they just not? accept paper tickets anymore that seems a little a lot cheaper i can't go I mean, into depth who, who's at home bruce with like a safe full of chuck e cheese prize tickets that are just waiting to cash in i got a feeling that not too many people are going to try to you know claim them down the road if you say look you got until x amount of days to claim in your tickets i don't it seems like a waste of money what's that other popular place uh, i take my boys to with all the games and everything there's a um, lot of them so like is it is it kid focused yeah, it's kid focus. You go and you eat. And you um, play. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Um, I know what it's called. I take my kid there all the time. Uh, it's like, it's not Dave and Buster's. That's the Dave adult themed one. Okay. Well, that, that's that's more adult themed. Um, I'm oh. thinking of uh, some John's Incredible Pizza. That's what I'm thinking of. But I, we don't have that in California. But Dave and you Buster's. Do. You do. I take my kid there in California all the time. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. What was it called? What's her name? Uh, John's Incredible Pizza. The, the difference between John's Incredible Pizza is uh, it's prime, like you can't get in without a kid. And uh, at Dave and Buster's, you can watch the game and get smashed if you want to on some puncher's chance probably down the road. Sorry, uh, John's Incredible Pizza. I, I didn't Sorry. want to say you. That's all right. I, I don't think they were like about to sponsor us, but Dave and Buster's might be. So. All right, good. Another one that is going out of business or filing bankruptcy is uh, Sizzler. Now, remember really? I told you on the show that 70% of yeah. restaurants are expected to fold and go under in the next year, which I hope is not the case. Sizzler was having problems before the pandemic. Sure. Um, They're I'm buffet still... style, right? Pardon me? They're buffet style. Don't you like go through a buffet oh, line? Order... I, they may have buffet. I do not know, but you know, you order your steaks. Yeah. Yeah. But they definitely have like a salad, like a lot of their food, I believe salad. is, is salad. right. And, and I think any company that, is known for having that sort of like soup plantation. Like, I don't know where they're at, but like, I, I gotta believe that like a lot of, like Corona's making a lot of people a little more nervous about that. 
Well, you know, I, I get back to the being punched in the face and taking three steps back. But listen, you're from uh, Minnesota, mm -hmm. but Michiganers now get this. This is not even COVID. This is something else. People in Michigan are being urged to stay indoors as the government officials are racing to stop the spread of a dangerous mosquito-borne disease. Another disease is in. Okay. Okay. And what is it? West Nile? Uh, they call it, uh, they don't even have a name for you. E-E-E-K. It's conducting an aerial treatment. Okay. They're treating the air. I guess they're spraying stuff across several high-risk areas to reduce the number of mosquitoes that are spreading this virus, but they don't state the name of the virus. It's, called, it's, it's oh, probably a form of encephalitis. It's called the EEE -E -E virus. I bet you one of those E's are encephalitis. Is that what it is? It's, that a, it's, fairly, it's fairly common. Mosquitoes carry bloodborne illness a lot. And West Nile virus is another thing that, I mean, I'm from the land of 10,000 lakes. Uh, our state bird is a mosquito, essentially, in Minnesota. Um, so we, we get things like that. This is not all that out of the ordinary. Um, I don't know how far reaching this is. They're, you know, with their containment, if they're telling people to stay in, it, it's not the entire state. I can almost guarantee you that. But uh, yeah, like you don't want to get bit by one of those things. You'll get really sick. Yeah, I know. It's, it's true. And also uh, Notre Dame, they're postponing their football game. They've had multiple student athletes test positive for COVID-19. So they're, they're canceling yeah, their football. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, when you look at, at some of the sports, like, like baseball, like baseball is not a sport. You play where you're really next to one another. I mean, you're, they're literally piles of people in football. So we're going to have positive tests like that. It's going to be very difficult. I was surprised to see the Big Ten go forward with their football season. Um, I'm of two minds of this, Bruce. You know, we've talked about this since way back in January, honestly, when I was telling you this is not a big deal. Don't worry about it. It's never going to get to the States. And you went, no, I, I don't think so. I think it's a bigger deal than you think. Well, turns out you were right, unfortunately. Probably didn't want to be proven right. Uh, oh. But at, at, the, at the end of the day, Bruce, like I, I firmly believe um, we do have to move on. I just don't know how we move on. I don't know what the safest alternative is to moving on, but people are growing restless. They just want their life to be back to normal. So I get it. We all, we all do. Of course I do too. You know, it's, we just have to be safe. We're not going to be able to move on as we know until a vaccine is in effect. And then the question which, is, which I hear is maybe not until this time next year. Yeah. I've heard some very, um, not like I have connections, which, you know, of course we all have connections to something. Right. All I can we say gotta is get we got to get Dr. Jeff back on the air soon. Dr. Jeff back on. We'll have a, a redate. Dr. Jeff is now working with the NFL. He's working with different places. His work with the UFC uh, has put him into different sports now. So I want to have Dr. Jeff back on to get a take on this. My question is this. When you have a season, no matter what you have a season, whether it's scholastic or professional, you have, a, let's say you have a 15-game season. Mm -hmm. You're vying for the championship. You're vying mm -hmm. for the Rose Bowl or whatever you're going for sure. in college. Now you've had a football game canceled. How mm -hmm. does it affect your, your standings in the season? So you have to reduce things. Um, Notre Dame is a non-conference team, meaning they don't belong to uh, a, a conference at all. Uh, they don't have a division. Uh, they're independent. Um, so they're not vying for a championship per se. They're trying to put in the best football record they can to be bowl eligible. Any college team that has six wins or more is bowl eligible. 
Um, the Big Ten and, and other big conferences like that, they've shortened their season, and a lot of their seasons um, consist of non-conference games. So uh, from what I can gather, they're just cutting down on the non-conference games to try to get in uh, the amount of games required to sort out who the Big Ten champion would be, uh, et cetera. But the, the bottom line is this. Sports, especially things like baseball, uh, are – very much done for the history, you know, and we, we all, I mean, we had P Rose on the show. We talked about his incredible 400 batting average and things like that. Um, it's, it's hard to look at a sport and say this season counts at all. When you look at those individual season stats, because if you hit 400 this year, you didn't play 162 ball games, so it doesn't mean as much, but it's all modification. It's all adjustment. And for me, Bruce, like I'm all for these sports moving forward as much as they can, but I don't want them to compromise the integrity of the sport where you can do something that is a major accomplishment, but you're just going to poke holes through it because it wasn't a real season. Agreed. Um, listen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. There's history, but all we're doing this year is making history, which will dictate the future of this world the future of our country. Yeah. And let's just hope again within three years or whatever, we get back to some form of normality, but I just, I got, I'm such a positive person, but I don't think we're ever going to be exactly the same ever again. I mean, nor, nor should we, right? Because we can't allow this to happen again. We got to make yeah. sure that the next, because I mean, this isn't a new thing. We've dealt with pandemics in our lifetime. We just don't remember them because we've handled them in, in a way where it wasn't widespread like this is, uh, you know, it's like we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, you said your, your memories dictate your future. Well, hopefully this is a memory that does sort of dictate our future to where we uh, make the right decisions. Exactly. Now, another little thing that happened here. Listen, we all love to go. To, many people love to go to Las Vegas. Obviously, Las Vegas is not as much fun for me as it used to be um, because I don't like going into big hotels. The last week right. I was there went to visit a friend at the Wynn Hotel. We didn't have a lot of people in it, but as soon as I walked in that hotel, I just got this weird feeling, you know, I just, I put on the gloves and the mask yeah. and the whole, and you know what, I've had people write me go, why do you wear a mask? Why do you, do you know, I don't even answer them because to me, that you kind mean, of ignorance is so friggin' Because you're supposed to, like, like, that's not an argument, like you're supposed to, you have to, you can't go anywhere without a mask. You might not agree with it, but, but why do you wear a mask? Because I, I have to. Yeah. Why do you wear a shirt? You know, come on, don't question right. what I, don't, don't well, say it. This, it it's this perfect. That's perfect logic, Bruce. No shirt, no shoes, no service, right? No mask, no service. And you see signs now. No shirt, no shoes, no mask. It's there. They're in the window now. In Vegas, the, uh, they came out. Um, the disease investigators have released a list of the COVID-19 exposures that have happened in uh, Las Vegas. So let me give you a few of these. The top hotel is the Cosmopolitan. Mm -hmm. 304 cases of COVID. Second is Bellagio. 153. Third is the MGM, 133. And it goes. Do you notice Nation. a trend here? They're all in the strip. They're all in the strip. Yep. Caesar's Palace, Aria, Mandalay Bay, Wynn. And, and you might think like uh, the Paris Hotel, 53 cases. It might not sound like a lot, but it's already been proven that one case can cause six other cases, give yeah. or take. One person. Oh, so that, I think that's a conservative number. I've heard all the way up to nine. You know what? We're learning and yeah. it's changing. Changing, changing, well, changing. That's something that I think goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like we're this 24-hour news cycle. So we get a news story and we just blast it out to everybody. And then we learn more and we basically try to update that news story. But because it was already blasted out to everybody, no one gets that new information. So it's just, it, 
it's so weird, Bruce. Like, how many times have we heard the mask is bad for us? The mask is good for us. The mask prevents everything. Oh, it doesn't prevent anything. It's just like, okay, I'm wearing the mask because I have to because that's how I get to go inside the damn gas station. So I'm wearing the damn I mask. Want, I don't want to get political, right. but a lot of decisions are political. Can I just say that? Sure, no, 100%. But, but again, like, even, even if I believe in the mask or don't believe in the mask, I have to wear the mask to go into the store. And I have to go into the store so I'm not going to die on my sword about not wanting to wear the mask, et cetera. But I, I have no problem wearing a mask. What about going to one of these mass rallies like, for instance, President Trump had where there's 5,000 people sitting beside each other with no mask? Bruce, I wouldn't go to a rally that gave me $5 to go to the damn rally. So I'm not, you know, I'm, yeah, no, that's not me. Well, now this is what bothers me that, like, think about this. Think about that image. 5,000 people, much less 500 people, much less 50 people being in a group, right. okay? Yeah. Well, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, they've updated their guidance uh, on their website about the coronavirus, how it can spread through respiratory droplets or small particles that are- Right, which I thought was not true until I saw that story the other day. Yes, it's true. And that's yeah. why they tell you to wear glasses now, to wear goggles, whatever, when you're in an environment with a right. lot of people. Yeah. And this is I mean, freakish. Bottom line, Bruce, we've learned that people are full of germs, and I just don't want to be in everyone's germs. So, you know, that's why I stay inside. I got you. Well, let's get off COVID. Let's talk about, I want to get to positive stories, but there's one story here that baffled the hell out of me. I, when I was a kid in Malibu, I remember when a few pilot whales got stranded on the beach, right? Okay. They, they beached themselves and they died because a parasite mm -hmm. went in there. Uh, ear and got on their brain and misdirected them in their direction. Right. There's a real baffling thing going on in Hobart, Australia, um, that they've had nearly 500 pilot whales stranded on sandbars and beach in Australia. 500? Right? 500. 380 have died. It's the largest mass stranding ever recorded in the country, much less the rest of the world. They, the, the workers are working to save the other 270 whales found on Monday on a beach and on two sandbars. Imagine that. You, there's a picture here. I'm looking at 200 stranded whales that were spotted by a helicopter um, outside in the south near Tasmania Parks. And they, they don't know why. They don't well, know something's why. going on. Something, I mean, it's not a cognitive decision by these animals. No animal really, you know, chooses to, to die. No. Um, so they're ill in some manner. Well, it's just trash. You know how much I love wildlife, and I, we all do, and I love yeah. well, and uh, I just hate seeing that. I also hate you, seeing this. You, you, you just hope it's not man influence. You know what I mean? You hope that we didn't do something to the environment to, to cause this. 2020 issue. No, no, no. I hope not. All right. I, in my management of Michael Buffer, you know, my legendary uh, announcer, but let's get ready. So, well, sec second best announcer in the world. I appreciate that, TJ. I think he's the greatest announcer ever, but thank you so much. I appreciate that very much. Um, we're different. It's like uh, the writer said, he's like a fine bottle of Bordeaux and I'm like a shot of Jack Daniels or a shot of Puncher's Chance. Okay? There you go. There you go. We've changed that now. Jack what? No, Puncher's Chance. Yeah, that really, that's, it's going to get there. Okay. So now back in 98 or 99, I forget, and I have a football. I was, I was with Michael and we were, we had our own car. Michael had his own car and we were in the NFL Hall of Fame uh, parade. Okay. And we were there the whole Hall of Fame weekend. I met everybody. Ray Nitschke from the Green Bay Packers. I met him. He passed away six months after I met him. And I have a ball signed by all these great people, including uh, Gail Sayers and you name it. 
I'm sorry to say my heart and condolences and best wishes go out to his family, but Gail Sayers passed away. The great Gail Sayers, the Chicago yeah. Bears running back, passed away at 77, and he died due to complications, um, they say, from dementia, which, of course, the first thing that comes to our mind is that that involved CTE from his playing days. Um, yeah. But what a great player. And one of the movies that I could watch today, and I will still ball like a baby with my buddy James Kahn, uh, who played um, Brian Piccolo, and Billy D. Williams played uh, the great Gail Sayers in that movie. Um, uh, Brian's song, I recommend anybody watch it if you ever get a chance. But what a player and what a man. And I had a chance to meet him. And I'll tell you a funny story. I had a bunch of Let's Get Ready to Rumble hats, the first hats I ever had made with Let's Get Ready to Rumble on them, right? And mm -hmm. I brought a batch of them to the Hall of Fame Awards. And I'm passing hats out and passing hats out to all these great football players. And I ran out. And I got a tap on my shoulder. And it was Gail Sayers. And he said, where's my hat, right? And I didn't have any left, TJ. Oh, oh no. Left. Oh, that's my Gail Sayers story. I go, oh my gosh, I felt, and the look on his face was not like I'm an a-hole. It's just right. like, it was like. He's disappointed. He, he really I wanted one. Yeah, he was so disappointed. Yeah. Gail Sayers, you just so awesome. So awesome. Now that man came back from an ACL industry, uh, injury where he, severed his uh, ACL and he went on yep. to do greatness. Back when okay. that injury was, was one that derailed your career, if not your life in a lot of ways. So, yeah. I've got three little tiny orthoscopic holes in my knee from my repair. Back mm -hmm. then it's slice and dice, baby. Oh, yeah. And, and you hope it worked. You just cross your fingers and hope it worked. Exactly. Okay, Tom Cruise, he's been okay. Let's do launch. Um, he's gonna make his virgin voyage into space to film a movie. Uh, he's hitching a ride on the SpaceX Crew Dragon rocket and capsule to the International Space Station uh, in October of 2021 to start filming in orbit. This is amazing. When you think the question about is, how does Eddie Bravo feel about it? <laughs> the question is, will Tom Cruise come back and say the world's flat? Uh, we'll find out. Get your tinfoil. There's some, there's some conversations you just can and cannot have because they're going to go nowhere and that's one with eddie bravo we won't you know eddie's eddie's oh, i don't know won't. it goes a lot of places i find it entertaining as hell but oh you know. it's totally complete we'll save it for another day well he's working hand in hand now with the spacex honcho elon musk uh, to film this action adventure film he's going to do his own stunts which obviously means he's going to be out uh, outside in space i assume and um what can you say i would bet right now knowing the diligence and the and the work that tom cruise throws 150, 250% into everything he does, he's probably training right now like crazy for this. Oh, he has to. I mean, that is an incredibly rigorous thing on your body. I mean, those astronauts have to put in serious work before they go up. So I'm sure he's doing it. Serious work. You know, Colin Kaepernick has been, been in the news for many reasons and um, righteously so, uh, taking that knee and, and evolving into where we are today as a result of that one, not as a result of that one movement, but, you know, one of the catalysts that set things going forward. Uh, we're going to do a little collector talk, a rare Colin Kaepernick football card. Now, he doesn't even play anymore. And again, this is a modern day car. We talk about this all the time. I'm going to blow you away on the next one. Uh, just sold for um, over $20,000 and uh, 5000 will go to the quarterback's charity. So that was good. That was a charity move. Now, uh, I always have a problem saying this. That basketball player, I think he plays for Minnesota. And, and pardon me if I'm wrong. Giannis Atatoku. Oh, yeah, I can't say it. Giannis, he plays uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Right, Milwaukee Bucks. His card set, 
we talk this every week at LeBron James, 1.4 million and, and, right. and Kobe and all these cards. His car just sold for a record $1.812 million. $1.8 million. The record for any sale of a modern day card or a card wow. period. Wow. The Honus Swagger baseball card hasn't even sold for that. I think it just sold for a million and a half. Cardboard gotta, buff. It's cardboard. I know. As much as I collect, that's something I don't think that I would be into. Um, I don't think so. Too much money. <clears throat> you got to find somebody else to buy that unless you just have a lot of money you want to. Right. That, that's true. I mean, uh, is it really worth that? Is I mean, I don't know. It's hard. I guess it's worth anybody or what anybody will pay for it. Collectibles are like real estate. You take comparisons, comparisons of things that sold. Yeah. Once it sells, it sets the price. Sure. So here we go. TJ, I know you got to do a lot of work. I've uh, got to start doing stuff here too. And you know what John sure. Anik, uh, Felder and, and I are doing? We're taking two in the morning bike rides here. We get Look on, at we you. Got, yeah, we slap on the helmets. Uh, we had a great time last night. Um, I just got the note here. It says, be ready at two o'clock. We're going to be outside. I've got about two hours to do some work. Get nice. a little uh, uh, drink and grub in my, in my gulliba. And then I'm going to go out and work it off on the bike and, and do the number. We're staying in shape for the show, man. We're, we're getting ready. And I told you, we, we basically, like, I am awake till about 11 in the morning, sleep all day. And now I get up like this time and I have a lot of work to do because obviously I'm running, you know, my businesses from back home when over here. Right. Thank God for email and computers. 20 years ago, I don't know what I would do on a trip like this. No. It'd be like, I'm on, I'll talk to you when I get back. We wouldn't be able to do this radio show, I'll tell you that. Nope. I love how you say radio show because I always call it's, it a radio show. It's still a radio show. We started doing this as I know people can see us, but I mean, uh, I spent the better part of 15 years doing nothing but radio. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, you're, you're the same way. It's still a radio show. They can look at us, but it's, it's a radio show. Totally still a radio show. No question. All right, TJ, you know what I'm going to work on? I, I, one last thing. I've been loving the Netflix uh, series Cobra Kai. Have you watched it at all? So I, I watched part of it uh, like three years ago when it was on YouTube Red. And uh, I, I didn't even remember that I'd seen it until I tried to watch it again. Uh, I think it was like last week. And um, I have not given it the proper time I need to. It, it's, from what I've seen, it's great. Um, but but I, need to, I need to binge it. Well, I was talking to Chad McQueen, my buddy, Steve McQueen's son. Um, one of my best friends since we're still best friends forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's not on the show. I think um, he's busy doing his stuff. But I think a lot of it has to do with the injury that he got when he broke his neck in the racing. But they brought back yeah. a lot of the old uh, Cobra guy guys. But William Zapka, who is the, the blonde-headed um, villain, or shall we say, or the bad guy in the show, he yep. is amazing in the show. He's doing such a great job. I managed to acquire his agent's number. I'm going to try and get William Zapka on the show. That'd be great. Try to, try to have Chad on at the same time. This is a show I'm working awesome. on for us the next few weeks. So cool. I hope that Definitely. All right, TJ, let people know what's up and I'll let people know what's up. And then we're going to sign off and uh, get ready for USC 253 and you get ready for ICON. Yeah, ICON Fighting Federation tonight live on UFC Fight Pass. It uh, is right after Roy Jones Jr. Boxing, which starts, I believe, at, I think, 6 p.m. Central. That's, uh, I mean, we're doing time zones again, Buff, so this is very dangerous. Uh, seven in the East. I'm sorry. Uh, what's that? No, seven in the east, four in the west, and then Icon comes on at nine central. So that's ten in the east, seven in the west, one thirty-five and three quarters in Abu Dhabi. I don't know. I'll tell you what makes me really happy in what you just said because it's a progression of your career. 
you and you commentate Roy Jones boxing, right? I did. I did a couple of weeks ago. I'm not doing this one, but uh, exactly. yeah. why aren't you doing this one? Because you're working for somebody else. Because jobs are coming in, TJ. Because yeah. you're great at what you do. People recognize it, and they want you. And that, to me, was a very positive thing to hear about your blossoming commentator. I love it, Bruce. Our internet's acting up, so hopefully you can hear me. But yeah, no, it's it's the thing that I'm most passionate about. Um, you know this. I mean, I, I still can't believe you and I have been working together for 13 years or 12 years. I don't know how long it is. A long time. But uh, I, I'm lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'm passionate. And that's the most important thing in the world is is – find something that, you, that you're passionate about and try to take it as far as you can. I've been lucky enough to do that. What do I always say, or people don't know, or maybe you don't know, but when I teach my branding and marketing and I teach uh, my motivational, you know, which I don't do now because I can't make appearances like that. But when I do, and I, I do these virtual though, I, people hire me and they want to talk to me for 15 minutes or 30 minutes for motivational branding marketing. But the main thing I always tell them is, when you're in life and you're growing up or you're an adult or whatever, it didn't happen to me until I was 37, but realize what you're passionate about and then work on monetizing it. Yep. And then you're not going to work. You're living a lifestyle. And that's, I yep. think, the ultimate goal for all of us, especially if you're an entrepreneur. I firmly believe that Monday, no matter what you get up to do on a Monday after a nice weekend with the family or whatever, uh, it's always work. And work is always going to be a four-letter word, but it's important to love what you do for your work and so many people don't and i've never had a job bruce that i haven't truly been in love with and uh i'm i'm lucky for that i understand that not a lot of people get to go down that uh uh path and um i, I just hope everybody can figure it out to where they get that opportunity for at least a little short while in their life i hope they do too because you know when you get that opportunity and your passion i have been passionate pretty much for everything i've done but i've also reached points earlier in my life where i went down a rabbit hole because i got burned out and that's 100%. what happened with uh, two companies I had. I was making a ton of money back in 94, which I sold, as I've told the story before, I saw, and I wrote about it in my book, I sold two companies when I met a man named Michael Buffer, and I decided to roll the dice with the money I had in the bank and trademark five words of air and market it into the half billion dollar brand that's become. But yeah. I was passionate and I took the chance, I took the shot, and sometimes in life you got to say, what the fuck, and just go for it. I love okay, it. How I love that? it. How I love seven? it. That, that is seven, I think, in 13 years. So, yeah, there we go. Okay. All right, everybody. TJ, is great. You have a great time tonight. Everybody, I will see you from the Octagon Saturday night for UFC 253. Very exciting show. I uh, can't wait for that main event. Um, and with that being said, as we're talking about it now, set your goals. Write them down. Learn everything about them to be the best you can be. So when you set on that path, you are the best you can be and do the best job you can because then you're winning. It's not about always being number one. You can be number one. You can achieve it. But while you're trying to get there, be the best you can be, be winning. And as the saying goes, whistle while you work. I hope you enjoy your work. Whistle while you work. Get it down. Go for it. And above all, be a role model to your sphere of influence. Treat everybody with respect. Follow your safety and protocol wear your mask, keep your distance. Let's fight this battle. We will win it, but we will only win it as the United States of America. We will not win it as the divided States of America. We're all created equal, my friends, unless you can run faster, jump higher, throw a ball faster, but we're all created equal. So with that being said, have a great week. I'll see you from the Octagon. TJ, have a great show tonight. All everybody listening all over the world, our growing and mounting listeners. We're, it's amazing how many listeners are coming on board for It's Time Radio. Um, very, very, 
Very, very excited to have you all. Love you all. We'll be back next week with an exciting guest. I'll be back in the United States. And so will you, TJ, where you are now, but you'll be back home and we'll get it done. And TJ, in 12 years that we've worked together, one of these days, you're going to get over to Buffer Manor for lunch. One of these days. Right. Lunch. Hopefully uh, not in the middle of a pandemic, but we'll make it happen eventually. Exactly. Yep. There's my curtain. There you ball. go. You got to go. Okay. Got to go. I got to go. It could be the boss. <laughs> all right, everybody. Take care. Big cheers. No fears forever. Get him!